Hey everyone, well, uh, as we go to God's Word, and I would encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 6 and Luke 11, we're going to be back there again. Uh, while you're turning there, I do want to share um, again around just what's happening in our nation. Um, I'm not a political commentator, nor am I an expert, uh, but I love our church, I love this nation, I love the people of our church, and there are certain moments where I feel like I need to speak. If you've been with us for any amount of time, you know that I, I basically never uh, speak on issues in uh, our nation. Uh, you watch the news, you have a belief system, and you know um, where you're at, but there are certain times that I do feel like I need to speak uh, into our church, and um, I want to just reiterate a few things, and that is last week I shared that I personally am listening learning and praying. That's what I'm doing. And this week, I am still listening, learning, and praying. This has been a very painful week as we have witnessed so much violence. I, I, I don't even know if we understand just how much we've seen um, and what it's, what it's doing to our souls. And if you're like me, there's been moments of hopelessness, moments of faith, there's been moments of great emotion. There's been moments of prayer. There's been moments of anger. There's been moments of despair. Um, but I want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to fill us, to empower us as we all continue to follow Jesus, to love like Jesus, to live like Jesus, to pray like Jesus. I do want to make it clear that I am 100% against rioting, looting, and all forms of violence. Um, I just want to make that clear. Uh, Americans have every right to protest and to make our voices heard, but no, violence is not the answer, nor is it the way of Jesus. Now, before I preach, I wanted to give you two action steps for this coming week. Firstly, Please, let's keep the conversations going. Let's continue to talk to each other, learn, and listen to each other. The enemy wants us separated. Hear me, if you're a Christian, the enemy wants us separated because the world is divided and the world desperately needs a united church. The enemy wants us separated, but the church must be united now more than ever. As I said last week in the book of James, God calls us to be peacemakers who sow in peace. Let's continue to make and sow peace as we also speak up and pray for justice. We can do both of these at the same time. We are citizens of heaven. This is what the Bible calls us. Brothers and sisters in Christ and salt and light in this world. Don't let the devil take you off of that mission. Secondly, we need to pray. Jesus called us to be a house of prayer. And this season must be bathed in prayer. Prayer will continue to be my first response, not my last resort. So here's what I want to ask you as a church to do uh, with me starting on Monday. We will pray every day this week at noon. And I'll be on Facebook Live and Instagram Live 
we're just going to pray. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to pray for um, the church. We're going to pray for our cities. We're going to pray for our nation. And we're going to believe that uh, God can and God will heal our land. That um, out of all of, of, I mean, this has just been such a wild few months. Uh, it's been a, I, I think emotionally, I don't even, I don't even think we are wrapping our mind around just where we're at, honestly. And we need to pray. And so uh, every day at noon, join me on Facebook, join me on Instagram, whatever one you like more. And let's pray. Let's call down heaven. Let's unite around the name of Jesus. Um, we don't pray because it's just a good thing to do. We pray because we know God hears our prayer and God will answer our prayer in Jesus' name. Let me hear a big amen from everyone. And why don't you type amen, chat amen. If you're in your living room next to somebody, say amen to them too. And let's just come into agreement. Now, uh, I want to continue this, this talk on Teach Us to Pray. Um, many have asked, many pastors have asked me, actually, I've, I've gotten so many men asking me, uh, are, will you do a series on race, on unity, on division, these, these things that we're dealing with right now? And um, are you starting that, you know, and especially last week, are you starting? And, um, and I said, no, I, I, need, I need to keep our, our church's eyes on Jesus right now. And I felt like we need to continue on this moment of prayer because I felt such a clear word from God to uh, walk us through the Lord's prayer. Um, as the Holy Spirit is leading me, and I believe He is, we will have that conversation in July. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be uncomfortable. And uh, it's going to be surgery. And it's going to bring a lot of healing and I believe a lot of unity to our church. And, um, and, but we're going to have that after because right now we need to uh, continue on this series because uh, I need this series right now desperately. And I think you do too. And we seem to keep calling upon the name of the Lord. So the disciples asked in Luke 11, teach us to pray, Lord, how do we do it? How do we pray like you? How do we, how do we get a breakthrough in prayer? How, do we, how should we pray? And now Jesus teaches them and he gives them a, an incredible teaching on prayer in the book of Matthew chapter 6. Uh, there's so much there. I'm just going to start though today in verse 9, and it says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And amen and amen. Today we're going to focus on verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. And I want to talk just for a couple of minutes tonight from the subject bread for today. Bread for today. Bread for today. Look at your neighbor uh, and tell him, pass the bread. Pass the bread. Pass the bread. Look at your couch mate. Tell him, pass the bread. Look at the person in bed with you. I hope you're married. Tell him, pass the bread. Pass the bread. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We got, some, we got an engaged couple in here. We're just praying for self-control. Amen. Until that day. Praise God. Jeff and Cynthia. Praise the Lord. Leave room for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Bread for today. Father, bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And amen. Thank you, Zach. 
So we're learning in our time of prayer that we are first of all surrendered to the Father's love, our Father. We've learned that that statement gives us the ability to exhale, to breathe, to rest, to call him, as Romans 8 tells us, Abba, Father. We then worship our awesome Heavenly Father. Hallowed be your name. Holy be your name. Awesome is your name. We magnify who God is and we magnify his name. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. We have now surrendered our will to his. Your will be done. We have invited his kingdom to rule and reign in our lives. His kingdom, his righteousness, his peace, and his joy in the Holy Spirit. So we're, we're at this moment in prayer. And I want to encourage you, let's pray the Lord's Prayer every day. Not just pray the prayer as a routine, but walk through it. You're on a journey of prayer. We're, we're getting closer to God. We're calling upon his reign, calling upon his rule. We're, we're believing that, that God is moving in our lives, that he's hearing our cries. And now we get to this point where Jesus says, now pray for bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, in all of the study that I could do, sadly, uh, this is not a scripture for carb lovers to pray for bread. <laughs> I wish it was, because that would be a good Bible prayer that I could pray every day. Amen. Uh, Jesus is not asking us or calling us or inviting us to pray for carbohydrates or for a loaf of bread. Bread in the Bible represents God's presence uh, found in the table of the showbread in the, um, in the tabernacle. It represents God's provision like the manna in the wilderness. It represents abundance like in Proverbs where it says uh, that our barns would overflow. It represents the broken body of Jesus and his finished work. It represents the word of God feeding and sustaining the believer. And it represents the person and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what the bread is. And so when, when Jesus says, pray for daily bread, I am acknowledging, God, you are my source for all that I need. When I pray, give me today daily bread, I'm saying, God, I need you today. I need every part of who you are in my life. I need your word. I need your ministry. I need, I need, I need the, the work of the cross. I need your presence. When I say daily bread, I'm saying, God, I need you, and I need you right now. And if there was ever a moment where I need God, and you need God, and our nation needs God, it is right now. His presence, his provision, his word. His sacrifice, his teachings, his ministry. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Eat from his table. Receive from his abundance. Drink of the living water. Give us this day, Lord, our daily bread. This is what Jesus is asking us to pray. This is what he is inviting us into. Daily. Give us today. And I, I, can't even, I can't even go any further. This isn't in my notes, but, but it is amazing how it's our Father. It's give us 
today. It's forgive us. There is this intertwine of unity and family that Jesus is calling us into. And so when you pray it, you should never just pray it for yourself. But every time that we go to the Lord's Prayer, we should always bring others into that prayer. We should always be thinking of others and praying for others and, and, and asking God to do for others. While you're, while you're in prayer, it sh- you should always be connected. This is why the Apostle Paul said, he said, when one of us hurts, we all hurt. When, when one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. So let me just give you three things from the text today that I believe will, I'm I'm praying will will call us to to a higher place than God and a deeper place in prayer. Number one, this bread is only good for today. Oh man. This bread is daily bread. This is not weekly bread, monthly bread, or annual bread. This is daily bread. If you only eat on Sundays, you will be malnourished. You will be sick. You will have no strength. Jabin, how can I love Jesus so much on Sunday and love the devil so much on Friday? How? What? Because you're not eating. Because it's daily bread. It's daily bread. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me daily. This is a a daily walk. The Bible said that God every day in Genesis would walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. This was was always a a daily thing that God wanted. What What did Jesus do? Every day he'd wake up and he would find a secluded place and he would talk to the Father. This was always meant to be daily. And what Sunday was is it was a moment of rest It was a moment of family. It was a moment of gathering. It was a moment where an exclamation mark was was put on the walk with Jesus that we've had all week. I'll never be intimidated to call people to a daily walk with Christ. Let me explain because I'll never call you to walk with Jesus daily and that would lead you out of community. Ever. Ever. Like, well, if I tell people to, to really pray and to really just walk with the Lord and just really have their own personal walk with Christ, they won't, they won't need the church anymore. No, because the Holy Spirit would never lead you out of community. The only thing that would happen is you would get closer to people, get closer to community, get fall, fall more in love with the church, fall more in love with the body of the believers. <laughs> Sunday becomes a day of celebration where I get to gather with my spiritual family to lift up the name of Jesus, the Jesus that I have been partaking of all week. So look at Exodus chapter 16. We're talking about, we're talking about bread, bread for today. And God is now giving the children of Israel manna. They've now entered into the wilderness. They start complaining because they want the food of Egypt. And God says, I'm going to give them bread. This is Exodus 16 verse 15. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is this? For they did not know what it was. This is God's answer to their prayer. I've preached on this before, manna moments. They they could not recognize the answer to their prayer. But Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord God has given you. This is what the Lord has commanded. 
now, just remember this. Every time God blesses you, it comes with a commandment. <laughs> all provision comes with responsibility. All, pro- all miracles come with expectation. I'm talking about God expects. Okay, I'm going to give you this. Here's my command connected to it. I'm going to bless you. Here's my expectation. Because if, 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 if I don't give you boundaries around it, you'll squander it. All right, preach. Preacher, all right, I will. A little bit. Here's what God commands. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer, which is just a, a, a measurement, for each person you have in your tent. The, the Israelites did as they were told, and some gathered much, some gathered little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. This is God being very gracious to them. So no matter what they gathered, they had just enough. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. I'm talking about daily bread. I know where I'm going. Verse 19. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it till morning. Wow. This is is a, a lesson in faith. It's a lesson in trust. This is a lesson in obedience. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning. So they, they took the manna, they took part of it and made, made the bread, and then they took another part and they hid it. And look what it says. They kept it till morning, and when they woke up, look what happens. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. We're talking about daily bread. We're talking about, we're talking about this bread is only good for today. God says, I don't want you to keep it or store it. I want you to use it. Because what is fresh today will be rotten tomorrow. I just wonder, does your walk with the Lord... Look and smell like fresh, hot bread sustaining your life. Is there a beautiful fragrance about you? Is there a joy about you? Is there a freshness about you? Is there a freshness about when you get to worship and you get to praise God and, and you get to sing? Is there, is there a freshness when you go to God's word? Is there a freshness about your testimony? Is there, is there something about your life that is beautiful and fragrant and warm and inviting where people look at you and go, I want some of that? As the Apostle Paul tells us, we're to be in the book of Colossians, we're, be full, we're uh, to be full of grace and seasoned with salt. Something about our life that's beautiful and attractive and illuminating? Or does it smell like old, rotten, mystery Tupperware container in the back of your fridge? Have y'all ever found one of those things in the back? When did we make this? I don't know what it is. It's, it's been in the back somewhere. Mutating for months, and, and you find it, and, and, and hear me, it was good, 
but now it'll make you sick. It was healthy, but now it can make others sick. It was beautiful, but now it's dangerous to everyone in your house. I'm not just explaining what's in the back of your fridge. I'm explaining some of y'all's faith and some of your walk with God. It was good. It was fresh. It was beautiful. It was organic. It was on fire. It was beautiful and attractive, but now it's become dangerous. This is no longer a surgeon's scalpel that heals, but it's become a sword that just divides and and hurts people. You've, You've used this now as a weapon. Instead of an agent of healing, you've used this as a club to beat people over the head. Instead of hot, fresh bread that can change a person's life. I'm just wondering, where you at with God? And if you're going, man, Jabin, I kind of feel like I've gotten a little rotten, like I've gotten a little stinky, like I've, like, man, I, I just, I'm, I feel like I'm spiritually dying. Okay, it's time to pray. God, I need daily bread. Feed me today. I just wonder, it's going to hurt somebody, but it's okay, it's good, it's, it's a good hurt. Are you actually still walking with the Lord? Or are you just experiencing the momentum of past obedience? I feel a little bold this week. Are you actually walking with Jesus? Or are you just experiencing the momentum of past obedience? A well you once dug. A walk you once had. A scripture you once loved. A Holy Spirit you once had fellowship with. Or are you now just, are you just still in the momentum of a past thing? You know, Saul was king but rejected by God. You got to think about that. God hadn't stripped him of his kingdom, but the relationship had been lost. I'm asking you to get back to daily bread. Not just weekly bread. Not monthly bread. Not once a year bread. Not the good old day bread. Not, I remember that revival bread. Not, man, church used to be bread. I'm talking about daily bread. I'm talking about walking with the Holy Spirit today. I'm talking about praying in tongues today. I'm talking about asking God for a word today. I'm talking about reading your Bible today. I'm talking about worshiping today. Don't live because it's, it's dead and it stinks. And you may not smell it, but we smell it. <laughs> and it's covered in maggots. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with having an awesome Holy Ghost memory of something God's done in your life. A- absolutely. But, but that is not daily bread. It's a part of my testimony, but it's not daily bread. Because I need Jesus today. I need Jesus right now. I need Jesus more today than I needed him yesterday. I need, I need the move of the Holy Spirit today. I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit today. This is why the apostles were filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. And then in Acts chapter 4, they get filled with the Holy Ghost again. Because as one great preacher said, we leak. <laughs> and we have to be refilled. This is why the Apostle Paul would say in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, don't get drunk on wine, but be 
filled with the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul is talking to a church that has been baptized with the Holy Spirit. But he knew that we needed to be filled and filled again. A fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. This bread is good for today. And Jesus says, I want you to have daily bread. Or, or old momentum will keep you going, but, it's, but you're really dying. We have a tree right now in our house. It's a, um, what kind of tree is that, babe? I forgot. It's a fiddle fig. We're bougie. We got a fiddle fig in the house. And it's dead, but it looks like it's alive. Because the whole top is still alive, but the base is now dead. I think, we, just, I think you can, we can just so easily get into a religious routine of praise the Lord. And yeah, I prayed a prayer. And, and, and yeah, I've read the Bible before. And, and yeah, one time I prayed in tongues. And, one, and we've lost daily bread. And we look alive. Oh my God, that sounds like a scripture. That sounds like the book of Revelation. When Jesus said, you say you're rich, but you're poor. You say you're alive, but you're dead. I'm asking you to come back to your first love. I'm asking you to come back to daily bread. Javen, this is some heavy preaching. Our nation needs some heavy preaching. We got to come back to God, y'all. We got to come back to daily bread. This is called repent. <laughs> this is called let's get back to loving Jesus, walking with the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. All right, I'm done. Number two. I'm not done, done. I'm just done with that point. Your bread, excuse me, this bread is available in the presence of your enemies. All right. This bread that I'm talking about is available in the presence of your enemies. David said it like this, Psalm 23, verse 5. A lot of you already know it. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Most scholars believe that David wrote Psalm 23 either right before his fight with Goliath or right after his fight with Goliath. And David is now writing about the battle. And we don't know if he's writing before the battle, building his faith, or we don't know if he's writing after the battle to give a testimony of the Lord's goodness. But, but either way, here is what David was able to say. He was able to say that God sustained me and had a meal for me in the presence of my enemies. I think it's amazing that when David and Goliath fight in 1 Samuel, they both talk about food. <laughs> Goliath says, I'm going to feed you to the birds. And I kind of love David's comeback because it's not really that good. He's like, no, I'm going to feed you to the birds. It's like, it wasn't that good, but it's like, but it worked. They, they both talk about feeding. They both talk about eating. David says, God, you've prepared a table for me even in the presence of my greatest enemy. This bread is available in the presence of my enemies. David said, I will continue to feast even in a fight. Can I tell you, daily bread is available right 
now. In the fight. In the valley. In the, ba- in the, in the battle. In this crazy COVID uh, pandemic. In the, in the midst of, of, of all that is happening in our nation. There is bread available. There is a feast available for you. It's, it, you don't have to eat it later. You can eat it right now. You don't have to pray for it. And I, I see so many people going, can we skip 2020 and can we just go to 2021? And honestly, I feel like that at least once a day. But friend, let me just remind you right now that there is food available in 2020. There is provision available in 2020. There's bread available in the presence of your enemies. And even if I'm in a famine, God will find me and he will feed me under a tree like he did Elijah. Provisions available. You can eat this bread even in a battle. So I will feast in a fight. I will continue to receive even in my battle. I have to believe. I have to believe. I've got no other choice. The world is giving me no hope. I have to believe that God is setting me up. I have to believe that God is raising me up. I have to believe that God is preparing something for me. I have to believe that this current giant is actually about to catapult me and is about to exalt me and is about to be used to give me a new platform and a new anointing and a new grace upon my life. I have to believe that Goliath is an opportunity and not a death sentence. I have to believe it. I've got no other choice. I've got to eat even in the presence of my enemies. Come on, say amen, 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 amen. God, I'm going through so much, but I'm going to eat. God, I'm in, a, I'm in the fight of my life, but I'm going to eat. God, our nation is being torn apart, but I'm going to eat. God, our nation is hemorrhaging, but I'm going to eat. God, I'm so weak. I'm so tired. But I'm going to keep eating from the table. God, I've never needed your sustaining word as much as I need it right now. I've never needed the bread of heaven like I need it right now. So I'm not going to skip this meal. Give me this day my daily bread. Lastly, as the keys come, this bread must be completely consumed. This bread must be completely consumed. So Jesus has one of the most darkest days of his ministry in John chapter 6. He's fed people. He's done miracles. He's, I mean, he's got thousands and thousands following him. But, but he knows in this moment he has a crowd, but he does not have a church. He's got, a, he's got a crowd, but he doesn't, he knows people aren't understanding why he really came. So he says this in John chapter 6, verse 26. It, it's, the, the whole chapter is so intense. He says, I got to tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. Not because you understood the miraculous signs. Signs. I want you to type signs. I want you to type that in the chat right now. Signs. I want you to get that in your heart. Because a sign 
There's nothing, there's nothing about the sign. What, what makes the sign powerful is what it points to. Yeah, the, mir- the miracles, it's not about the miracles. It's about who the miracle points to. The, the sign is about what it points to. He goes, you're, you're missing the signs because you think this is about me being a healer or a miracle worker or a bread multiplier. These are signs pointing to me and you're not even looking at me. You're missing the signs. Jesus goes, y'all are here for a full belly. You're here for a free bread and fish buffet, but you're missing me. And how many times do we miss Jesus? We're at the meal he provided, ignoring the head of the table. How many times have I done that? I've been walking with Jesus for 22 years. How many times have I, have I eaten the bread, seen the miracle, eaten the fish, and missed the sign? Well, it gets more intense. We can't read the whole thing, but I'll now skip to verse 53. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person in the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. And in the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. He, he, he now goes, y'all remember that manna miracle? It was, it was never about the manna. It was, it, was pointing, it was pointing to something. Anyone who eats of this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna. But you will live forever. And as he said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum, many of his disciples said, this is too hard to understand. How can anyone accept this? It it goes on to say in verse 66 that many disciples turned around and deserted him because it was heavy. Like it's heavy right now. So, so, so what was Jesus saying? Was he saying to physically eat his flesh? Of course not. Was he saying to physically drink his blood? Of course not. He was saying, if you want me, it's not just bread multiply your Jesus. If you want me, it's not just prophet Jesus. If you want me, it's not just miracle worker Jesus if you want me it's Lord Jesus if you're going to eat this bread you got to get all of me We're, we're in a city of buffets this is the buffet capital of planet earth and when you go to a buffet you you pick I want that I want that I'll take that 
I'll take that. Nothing wrong with it. Just don't bring your buffet theology to Jesus. If I'm going to eat this bread, i got to eat all of it. And many went, nope, not for me. And you know what? Sadly, some people will hear this word and go, oh, Jabin's crazy. He's funny. I like the music, but he's crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm telling you, you're missing out. You're missing out. If like in my first point, you just take what you want and cut out what you don't want because it's going to be rotten. You're missing out if you choose not to eat even in the presence of your... You're missing out if you... If you try to pick and choose and create your own... Well, my God would never. Well, my God would... Well, but Jesus, I know wouldn't... I, I, all of me. You want to know how scary this is? There's, there's a story in the Old Testament when the children of Israel come out of Egyptian bondage. The Bible said they created a golden calf. This is horrifying. This is maybe the scariest scripture in the Bible. They create a golden calf and they look at it and they call it, watch me, the Lord. They created their own God and then slap the name of Yahweh on it. And if I'm not careful, and if you're not careful, and if we're not careful, we will create our own Jesus. And we will, we will put him in a box we're comfortable with. But there is no box that can contain the everlasting God. So I don't go to Jesus with my definition of Jesus. I go to Jesus. I said it last week. I'll say it again. I go to Jesus on bended knee. And I go, I want all you have for me. And as no doubt hundreds or even thousands would have walked away from the Lord Jesus looks at one of his best friends, Peter, and he goes, yo, man, you going to leave too? Peter said, and I'll tell you, I know this to be true. I know this. I know this. Where can I go? Who else has the words of life? Where am I going to go, Jesus. I've, I've, I've tasted the world. It ain't got nothing. I've tried all that. It ain't got nothing. I've done this my own way. It doesn't work. Where else can I go, Lord? That's my testimony. So now we take the cup.
and we we do not take it in an unworthy manner as 1 Corinthians chapter 11 tells us. But we take it worthily. We we come with gratitude and we come with a sober spirit saying, God, I when I, when I receive communion and I, don't, I not only remember all you've done but I, I receive the ongoing work of the word in my life and I want I want all of it I do not want to pick and choose with you Jesus I want I want all of it I want all of it and, you're, and you might be sitting there going it's hard to understand. Man, it's a lot. That, that's how they felt. And I'm not judging you for that. I understand this. I'm just telling you, though. God gave me this little phrase at the beginning of 2020 that I really wasn't excited about. 2019 was fire. It was overflow. I love that. That was good. That was like, let's go. 2020 was like, want you to go all in. And I almost knew when he said it, I was like, oh, Jesus. It's going to be one of those years. <laughs> I'm going all in. I'm telling you, our world right now does not need a half-hearted church. I'm, I, I, I believe that statement was so prophetic. going all in. I'm not, I'm not picking and choosing, but I'm, I'm saying, Lord, I want all of it. This, this bread must be completely consumed. Oh, and there's joy in it. I promise you this isn't some, like I promise you this is such good news. It's so the joy is unexplainable when you just really surrender and trust Jesus. I can't, I cannot explain that to you. You have to experience it. The, the very thing that I think this, this crowd in John 6 was scared of and intimidated by was it. We, we can look at it and go, no, guys, he, he's calling you into a beautiful, intimate relationship. And so, Father, we remember the love you have for us, that you sent your only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus, we remember now your broken body and your shed blood remember the sacrifice on the cross and we thank you that it is finished and we want all of you give us this day our daily bread just before you receive communion just pray with me now there could even just be one person watching that needs to surrender their life to Christ pray with me say Jesus I believe in you I believe you died for me I believe you rose again for me. 
So I give you my life, all of me, for all of you. I repent of my sin, and I declare, Jesus is Lord of my life. Amen. Now let's receive together the the bread and the cup. Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen and amen. Why don't you pray that this week? Why don't you join me every every day at noon this week as we pray, as we call upon heaven. Bread for today. There is bread for you today. I promise you. Well, I love you, church, and um, I'm praying for you. Pray for me. And... Uh, can't wait till we can get together again face to face. It'll be soon. I promise it'll be soon. But we're just, we're being patient. We're taking our time. And we're going to do it in an excellent way and in a safe way. And, uh, and I believe we're going to do it soon. And so stick with us. Stick with us online. I know, I know online is not the, maybe the most preferable, preferable thing. I, I, I want to see you and I know you want to be in God's house and I believe that's going to happen soon. But until then, let's let's keep gathering and leaning into all God has for us. In Jesus' name, we'll see you next week.